Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. Uh, with me this week, I've got uh, Nathan. Hey up. Hello. How are you? Very well. How are you? Grant, thank you very much. And I've got Ryan. Lock up your daughters in Northampton. It's only Ryan Bloody Goodman. <laughs> Hello. Actually, not lock up your daughters. As you're doing this, that means that the daughters are free to be let loose, surely. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, so uh, we start with some sad news, breaking news this week. Um, uh, I don't know if you two have seen this, but it's uh, become known that uh, Liverpool will not be offering a contract to Roberto Firmino and he will leave the club at the end of the season. Um, guys, I know he's been a sort of staple of the Premier League for the last eight years or so, but what are your favourite memories of Roberto Firmino? Um, Do we have a minute silence for him as well at the start of this podcast? <laughs> yeah, I, I was sort of thinking, you know, my favourite memory will probably be at the end of the season. <laughs> when he's gone, as Liverpool get seventh place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'll be that. That'll be the joyous. <laughs> Although it's interesting that, that the story I heard is that he told Klopp he he didn't want to stay, rather than the club not offering him a deal. Uh, okay, I can imagine that because his contract comes up at the end of the season. But I mean, we got. Salah, Jota, Nunes, um, Carvalho, Harvey Elliott can play up there, I guess. Uh, Diaz, who's been injured for a while, so yeah, I mean, he's he's gone down the pecking order a bit. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously he obviously did a lot for you guys, and I think you know it. it it's not like he's leaving. Uh, it's going to be under slightly bad terms in a way, but he's done so, he's done a lot for Liverpool, and. I think it probably is time to move on based on the the pecking order thing where chances are his game time is going to be minimal yeah. and he's not exactly been incredible when he's been playing recently from from what I can tell. Um, you know, he had a bit of a drought last season, didn't he? If I remember rightly. He did, he did. Um, maybe he could sort of carry on with his career as the presenter of the, uh, the lottery prize winning house on um, Quest TV. Have any of you seen that? No. Have you not seen it? So people in, the, in America who win the lottery, they um, they go on this TV programme, a bit like Location, 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 but for millionaires. And the guy that runs it is an absolute dead ringer for Bobby Firmino. So, <laughs> so there we go. Um, right, so, okay, look, we'll move on from that because I don't want any upset podcasters with me. Um, you can dry your tears and all that sort of thing. And we'll move on to the uh, FA Cup that's happened. So... FA Cup on Tuesday, Stoke nil, Bolton won. Um, Evan Ferguson, uh, Bolton, Brighton. Uh, Evan Ferguson scored that one. Um, Leicester, just stop me, guys, when you get to I get to a game that you've seen or seen highlights from. Um, Leicester won, Blackburn two. Uh, 
Torres Dolan and Sammy Smodget scored. Uh, we gave Blackburn a 2-0 lead for a Kalichi and Nacho goal. Uh, Fulham 2 leads nil. Jao Polina and Manor Solomon. Uh, both lovely goals. Manor Solomon keeps scoring the same goal over and over again. Have we seen this one? No, but if, if it's the same type of goal that he scored recently, then I'm like, oh yeah, this one. <laughs> if you have all the types of goals to score, that's not a bad one. No, definitely not. Uh, Jorginho Rutter and Wilfred Gronto um, had goals ruled out for uh, Leeds and Rutter hit the post. Still childishly laugh at having a surname Rutter, but there you go. Um, and Bristol City nil, Manchester City 3, two goals from Phil Foden, one from Kevin De Bruyne. Anyone see these? any of these good at all? Uh, no, I'll be honest. Not so nah. No, okay. Trying to avoid City goals because it just makes me sad. So. That's very true, yeah. Uh, okay, on Wednesday then, Southampton won Grimsby 2. Um, two goals for Holohan. Not Wes Holohan, as I thought, but somebody else. Uh, so, Collector Scar uh, Car scores for Southampton, but he did give away a rather stupid penalty um, where he elbowed one of the Grimsby players in the back, who then went down as if he'd been sort of shot by the proverbial sniper. Um Theo Walcott had an equaliser, 2-2, uh, uh, ruled out for offside. Uh, and uh, Grimsby took 4,000 fans. Grimsby, 16th in League 2, took 4,000 fans on a weekday night who held giant inflatable Harry the Haddock fish in the air. Um, anyone see this at all? Yeah, I saw, I saw the highlights of, you know, of the game and, and the, the penalties were just such weird decisions from the Southampton players. I mean, the first one he tries to punch it away because it by pretending he's heading it almost. Oh yes, that was a handball, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a really weird place to have his hand. It, it was just like, I'm going to hang in this here, down by my head as I tried to head it, um, and just got it all wrong. And then, yeah, the the, the other one was like a punch in the back. That was a stupid thing to do. He, that's collected car who got, um, he got sent off against Newcastle in the League Cup, didn't he? Do you remember when Jacob Murphy waved him off the pitch? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It was such a weird. I mean, I, I don't like the the, the play acting almost because he did go down. You know, <laughs> it was a bit much to say the least. That, yeah, you you but would. At the same time, you, you've given the, the referee a decision to make, and in the world of VAR, you can't get away with it. So no, exactly. Yeah. Rather funny though. Um, Very funny. <laughs> Nathan, did you see this? Um, I didn't know. The one thing that I did see from this game was, did was there a Grimsby player wearing? A, a massive fish on his head after the game. Quite possibly. That. If you look at the fans that sort of jumping up and down and cheering when they scored, there was lots of fish being waved around in the air, like they just didn't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it looked like a very weird uh, rave. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but just I think to be fair, just going back to the other results as well, I feel like Leicester and Southampton have missed out on a on a bit of a trick here by getting mm. out. It's it's not. I think we've discussed it in the past couple of weeks. The Premier League this season isn't the strongest it's ever been, and the teams left in the FA Cup, um, you would say, if you got the right draw, are all beatable on mm. on, a, on a, any given day. You know, you've got United who are fighting on four fronts. You've got City who are exactly playing the best football they've ever played. Um, just feels like a big missed opportunity for quite a lot of teams. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, did anyone see the apology Grimsby Town had to make? No. Some, somebody from Grimsby Town admin, um, I don't know who, and I haven't actually seen the tweet. Uh, they must have tweeted something to do with uh, Harvey Price, you know, Katie Price's son. Oh, right. Oh, right. 
Yeah, so you can see how this is going. They had to issue an apology tweet the next day saying this wasn't very appropriate what we did. I've not found the original tweet that was sent out, but uh, no, I can't see a screenshot of that. But I guess if you happen to apologise for that, then um, you must have done something quite wrong. Sheffield United won Spurs nil. Going back to your point, Nathan, about missing a trick. Um, Illiman and I with a very nice finish where he sort of skittled through two or three players. Um, Richarlison frustrated and he was subbed off for Harry Kane. Um, Sheffield United, so you might say sort of Spurs rested players and Harry Kane didn't start, but uh, Sheffield United had to make eight changes due to illness. Um, yeah, sorry, Nathan, just saying, you've seen Leicester and Southampton missed a trick. This was an ideal opportunity for Spurs to go far in this competition, wasn't it? Yeah, surely, surely. You know, like you said, they, they rested players, but like you said, Sheffield United had to make a raft of changes as well, so it's not like it's not like you can really use that as an excuse. Um, but yeah, again, just huge, huge opportunity missed. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially for someone like Spurs. I know I'm an Arsenal fan, and obviously I'm not losing too much sleep about the fact that they got knocked out, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's been a long time, and and it's a monkey that they really need to get off the back and ideal opportunity another one goes begging um, did anyone see the tweet of the card this week with the Spurs number plate no lots of people in replies asking if it comes with a cup holder <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of those things that you, it was definitely it's definitely a missed opportunity for Spurs mm. and you think surely Harry Kane wasn't you know exactly holding out hope that they were going to go on and win it but He's really got to think about his career at some point. I mean, he's, he's just saying he's never going to get the chance to to win a trophy again, is he? I think because the problem with with Spurs is that you know they have these opportunities like they have in the past and they just throw them away. Very bizarre. He's got to think about what he's got to do because you just can't see it happening for him at Spurs, really. You're all you're almost getting into Van Persie territory, aren't you? When Van Persie was at Arsenal and he was having. You know, he put his injuries behind him and started to become this world-class player. And you know, Arsenal at the time were just in a position where trophies just weren't going to happen. And he he decided to move to United and you know, ended up coming away with was it one two Premier League titles. Has the Harry Kane moving to a trophy-winning club ship sailed when he didn't go to Manchester City? Um, he's got rather a long time, I think, left on his contract, isn't he? Because that was one of the sticking points. Um, and I can see him in the future sort of being a pundit on Sky Sports or whatever after he's retired, doing an Alan Shearer and trying to convince everybody, probably including himself, that he'd rather have stayed at Spurs and won nothing and been a legend than gone to Manchester City and been just another player. Um, I kind of wonder if trophies are sort of a thing that's not going to happen for Harry Kane. He's left it too late. Yeah, I, I certainly feel like there's, there's not going to be that many clubs. I mean, with City having Haaland now, you can't imagine they're going to go out and get Kane. Hmm. Um, United is a potential opportunity there. I mean, uh, it's got to be quite galling in a way that you see some that he, he watches someone like Weghorst having a trophy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> over him, and you just think you must think, why do I bother? And um, did anyone wonder if uh, Martin Dubravka went and got his medal or did an open top bus celebration around Newcastle or something like this after the weekend? That would have been pretty cool, wouldn't it? Seeing him with all the United players cheering on Sunday. Can't imagine he was in, yeah, in the, back in the dressing room. <laughs> Don't worry, lads, I got mine. But, I mean, this, he's not going to win too many trophies in his career, is he? So it's, it's really a shame he can't he can't celebrate what he contributed to. Like the Rob Green effect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to celebrate anyway. 
It was Mark Shorts, wasn't it, that won the Premier League at Leicester and then went to Chelsea and won it the following league uh, season without playing any games? Yeah. <laughs> that could have been him. Um, what else? Oh, Manchester United 3, West Ham 1. Uh, ben Rama uh, gave um, West Ham the lead, follow a dodgy sort of call, did the ball go out for a throw-in or not, which I, I don't think it did. Um, and then Manchester United scored with... Um, I think it was an Aguard, oh, Aguard uh, own goal. And then Guanacho on the 90th minute, Fred on the 95th minute. Um, Aguard responsible for all three goals in, in some way for Manchester United. So he had a game to, to forget. Did anyone see Roy Keane's comments? No, uh, no not in full, no. Okay, so pre-match, he was saying Declan Rice. I, mean, I don't know how you guys think of this, but Declan Rice doesn't score enough goals. Um, and Ian Wright was kind of saying, well, that's not really his job. Um, and then after the game, Roy Keane was talking. He says, you get these little teams like West Ham and Spurs that come to Old Trafford, take the lead, and then they get all excited, and then they end up sort of forgetting what they're doing and losing, which is sort of <laughs> damning them with faint praise, as it were, but, you know, in the way that Roy <laughs> Keane does. Um, Ryan and um, Nathan, as potential suitors for Declan Rice next year, uh, what do you make of Roy Keane's comments? Is it fair or is Ian Wright correct in saying that it's not really his job to score a goal? Or Would you be excited if Declan Rice came to you? Because I, I think he's good, but I don't see all the stuff that he does for the hype. Um, and I just wonder where you two guys stood, seeing as he could be end up more than likely going to play for one of you two. Well, it's, it's your typical English player with half an ounce of talent, isn't it? Yeah. So any English player who does something good once, twice, you know, and I'm not saying that's Declan Rice because he's, you know, he is a good player overall, but, you know, we're talking about like £100 million. It's like, well, if Jude Bellingham's costing me 120 I'd get into that race and try and sign a £120 million player who's younger and all round better. I've, quite a long way. have I still got £100 million? No, this is all hypothetical, of course, you know. We, I don't think we would be anywhere near that kind of money, but I kind of... The goals thing I don't agree with. He, you know, that's not what Declan Rice is all about. Hmm. You know, yes, it'd be nice if he chipped in, but at the end of the day, I'd rather him be sat in front of a back four, stopping goals at the other end. So I'm, I'm not really concerned about him not scoring enough goals, but by the same token, I don't think he's as good as what he's hyped up to be. Yeah, I think he's a good. I think he's a good player. I think he's a really good player. But I think people talk about him as like being, you know, someone who's probably top five in that position in the world. It's like, well, hang on a minute. Let's not let's not get that far. He's a very good player, but I don't think he's as good as what people say. And what about you, Ryan? Because I mean, obviously, Todd Bowley's not afraid to to spend money. Uh, and Goda Kante thinks that a contract in the summer. You've already lost your genio to Arsenal. Um, is there a Declan Rice shaped hole in your midfield and how would you feel about him joining you? He definitely fills a position in the squad. I think we've been needing a defensive midfielder for a long time and, and Enzo isn't necessarily that player. And with Conte, uh, Conte out of uh, contract, it seems like he may get a new deal, but he's only just coming back to training now. <clears throat> um, so I think Rice would be a player that would go for, but if I think back on players in the past and this is going to sound really bad it's about Rice but it's not meant to necessarily be he's that level of remember when Dan, Danny Drinkwater uh, <laughs> um, 
at the time, yeah, thirty million was a lot. But uh, you know, comparing it like today's market, you are expecting more money. But I see Rice is almost that thirty, forty-ish million pound player where he's a good player. He's Premier League proven. He's certainly not to Nathan's point in the top five in that position. He's good. He'd do a job there, but he's he's certainly not a hundred. <laughs> 120 million pounds. It's this. This is almost a problem with some clubs, is that they price these players out of moves that they, in theory, should get to come out, come on, and be a better player in a way. You know, I think West Ham will be in a weird position if they try and ask for 100 million in the summer, especially if they've been in a relegation battle. Yeah, I don't think Danny Drinkwater's point is as daft as sort of initially thought because he was a big part of that Leicester title win, wasn't he? So there was a lot of people sort of saying good things about him. Is Declan Rice one of those players on Football Manager where you scout them and they come back with three stars and say good signing but the selling club won sort of 100 million? Yeah, absolutely. He's a three-star ability and even a potential player. He's bog, he's not, not a bog standard. <laughs> he, you know, that type of average... He's upper bog player. standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like the selling club won't be prepared to sell to a rival or they won't be prepared... <laughs> To sell, but yeah, for less than a hundred million or something like that, or yeah. where you, you, you know, you, you bid twenty just to, just to see what they do, and then they come back and go, that'll be two hundred million, please. You think no? Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's West Ham's tactic, unfortunately. Fair enough. Uh, and then Burnley beat Fleetwood one 0 Connor Roberts with a ninetieth minute win after uh, Fleetwood's Karen Hayes was sent off. Um, on 45 minutes, uh, the Fleetwood goalkeeper, I can't remember his name, unfortunately, we had a, a, a blindering goal in the second half. Uh, so the draw for the quarterfinals is um, Brighton versus Grimsby, Manchester City versus Burnley, uh, so Vincent Company gets to go home, uh, Manchester United versus Fulham, and Sheffield United versus Blackburn. Uh, they, all these games will be on terrestrial TV at some point over the weekend. Uh, unlike Arsenal versus Everton this week, Arsenal 4, Everton nil in the Premier League goals from... Uh, Sakati from Martinelli and then a goal from Odegaard um, Everton held out until the 40th minute uh, but two goals for half time including some strange defending from Idris Agey uh, Everton not scored more than once in 15 league games and Sean Dyche's first five games they've won two lost three um, and winning goals in that game came those games came from central defender and a fullback um, Nathan did you watch this you're a, a gooner uh, yeah, I didn't watch it. Uh, obviously, seen the highlights. Mm. Um, I remember discussing this game when it was the reverse fixture not that long ago. It was okay. two weeks back, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I remember saying it was Dyche's first game and he was going to, if nothing else, make Everton really hard to beat. But I said back then, if we get the first goal, we'll go on and, and win. And in that game, we didn't. And in this game, we did. And the difference was enormous. Um, Do you reckon Arteta learned some lessons from the first game? Because it did take you quite a long time, 40 minutes, to, to break them down. And I guess you're asking a lot from the crowd when a team like Everton turn up, you were bottom, sort of down the bottom of the table, and you can't score against them. It'd be easy for the crowd to get on the players' back and make them sort of stress them, try things, try and score. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, I think to give credit to Arteta, um, in the past, with past managers, I think the crowd would have turned. Mm. Um, I don't think this Arsenal team would be where it is now in terms of crowd support with previous managers um, but yeah it, I think he's obviously he's obviously learnt lessons you know with such a quick turnaround it's still fresh in the mind so he's obviously looked at what didn't work last time looked at how how to 
break down the system. Um, I mean, to be fair, Everton helped us massively. You know, Everton were probably the the cause of their own downfall. To be honest with you, mm. um, they they let us in. Um, unfortunately, this season, it's not very often I can say this, but this season you can't do that against us, especially at the Emirates. So you can't you can't invite us in because it, it's not going to end well. Um, but yeah, again, um, Saka just doing what he what he's been doing all season. Um, just an outrageous talent, absolutely outrageous. There's big rumours. I think it's more than rumours now that he's signed a new deal as well. Oh, good. Okay. Um, it's been a long time yeah, since Arsenal can keep their best players, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've 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 managed to tie a couple down already, but I think Saka was the first massive one where it was like, right, let's you know really really keep our big players. Um, so apparently it's all done. And it's just a case of Arsenal deciding when they want to release the photos and all the videos and all the social media circus that goes around a new contract signing. Um, so that's great news. Um, and Martinelli scoring two. He, he got dropped. Um, and rightfully so. He'd gone off the boil a little bit and looked like he was just struggling just a little bit. And obviously we signed in Trossard in, in January. It gave us that option to drop anybody up front who wasn't really at peak performance. Mm. And he's very quickly got back into the team, and I think that was was it three goals in two games now since he's come back. It's, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, You've got over your little wobble that that sort of um, uh, Emmy Martinez own goal at Aston Villa was probably the the, the thing you needed because if you drawn that game, then it could have got a bit nervy for you, couldn't it? It's that that game. If we if we win, which I, you know, if, if we go on to win the title, and I'm not I'm not saying that. When we, say when say when we go on to win. No, no. If if <laughs> we go on to win the title, um, you would expect the story to be that Aston Villa game being the turning point. Yeah. It, right. I can't, it was it was such a huge result, and like you say, we've 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 you know we've horsed on, picked up a, a scrappy one nil away, one nil away at Leicester blown Everton away we've got Bournemouth this weekend you know we need to do the same again just just blow them away get them out of the way move on to the next one Brian they're five points clear in Manchester City he can say when they win rather than if can't he yeah of course <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to I don't really want to that's sad you know it's, it's, just, it's, it's a little bit depressing how good you are at the moment and how bad we are um, I mean I, I watched the highlights of the game and I've got one really key question: What on earth was going through Adrissa? Nothing. <laughs> he, he was just stand, like I was watching it going, "Get rid of it, then. Get rid of it, then." We did just stand, he was just stand, I don't know whether he was expecting a free kick to be given or something because he's just dawdling alone. Nobody even, like, looking at the passing. Nobody he could just, have given him a call either. No, I just I was just watching it. I don't get it. I don't understand why he's just standing there. Like he thought the ball was out of, but I don't know. Very bizarre. But no wonder Adam pretended nice... he couldn't come on to it. Yeah, very nice goals though. I thought some of the Arsenal goals were were really slick. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they got were. To, you are really, you know, styling it up this season. I mean, you, I guess Arsenal have always been a little bit of a side of side, haven't they? But really putting it all together at the moment. Absolutely, yeah. I think, I think we've always had that that slick style. Uh, but like you said, oh, I don't know about that. I remember Arsenal in the eighties and nineties. Right, well, I was, I was talking recently. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> Meow. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, just as well, just I think we can't pass this game up without mentioning Martin Odegaard again. Just, I think he epitomises that style at the moment. I think sometimes, there's been times, especially in the blip, where he's maybe overdone it a little bit and maybe done it when he doesn't need to, but but when he's bang on form, he's it, it's, it's frightening to watch. He's Unbelievable. L- lovely to watch. He's one of those players that one of those midfield players that when they get the ball they look like they got all the time in the world it doesn't matter how many players are close to them he's just yeah. a wonderful player to watch yeah definitely which is annoying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay so uh, also the Premier League this week Liverpool 2 Wolves nil. Virgil van Dijk and uh, Big Mo Salah his 128th Premier League goal puts him record with um, God um, that's probably Fowler to you and me uh it took to the 73rd minute to score. Liverpool are now sixth, six points behind fourth place with a game in hand. Um, it took them a long time to to score this uh, after the sort of ball draw over at Crystal Palace at the weekend. Again, this could have been another game where the crowd are thinking, uh, why aren't Liverpool scoring? And could start to get on their, on their back a little bit. But they kept plugging away. Uh, Diego Jota thought he'd scored and... No, it was... Um, Nunes, I thought he'd score, but it was a foul by Jota, I think, wasn't there? Um, yeah. But yeah, but they got through it in the end. My boys did all right, didn't they? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they did all right. They got the job done, didn't they? Oh, but... Mr. Mr. Lardy Dar sat at first in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no, go on, what are you saying? It kind of feels like Liverpool are having a typical Arsenal season where the pieces seem to be there, but they're just not doing what they should be doing and there's no real reason why um, yeah it feels like they're in a bit of a real rut but but I, genuinely this could be a result that turns the season around and, and rescues the season a little bit you know they could they could really push on from here well uh, yeah I hope so um, I know what you mean about it not clicking there's so many times I've watched Liverpool this season and they're on or about the sort of edge of the 18 yard box or they've managed to work the ball into the area and it's like a final pass that doesn't quite go to the man or it gets cut out by a defender or something like that and you think the Liverpool of sort of a couple of years ago that would have been pass 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 goal um, and it's just not quite clicking in that final pass before the shot it seems I'm just looking here at the league table they've got a goal difference of 12 which if you consider they beat Bournemouth 9-0 at the start of the season that's not great um, yeah they, it if they do get fourth, I don't. I don't think they will. But if they do, I mean, it could be relying on Allison scoring headed goals again. Maybe. <laughs> um, Ryan, did you see the highlights of this? I did. Yes. Um, Were you cheering from your um, from your front room seat? Uh, cheering for Fabinho to get sent off that. that yes. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that. Go on. What do you reckon to that? Uh, it's very fifty-fifty. I mean. They've both gone for it. Um, Could both have been sent off feasibly? No, I think the the guy that slid in, I can't remember who it was, um, his studs are down and it's just that he's, he's obviously played, the, he's knocked the ball mm. too far and then Fabinho, I think, unfortunately, is trying to trap the ball and it, it stood on him a little bit. I, 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 I don't think either are, either are a red card and a yellow card for Fabinho is probably the rightest decision, just because of the, the, the you know, the, the stamp almost. Yeah, he was looking against Brighton in the but, cup as well a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you remember that. 
Yeah, but the, this one was a bit like I think it completely unintentional in a way. This was, I think this was one of those ones that the ball's there to go for, so both have gone for it. Yeah. You can't really argue too much. No, fair enough. Were you sort of punching your fists in the air when Virgil and Mo scored? Uh, no, instead of punching my hand, it was more like um, Abe Simpson shaking, <laughs> my, shaking my fists at the at the sky. <laughs> Damn you, Virgil! <laughs> uh, Wolves are fifteenth. They're three points above the relegation zone. Um, Lopetegui started off okay, didn't he? He's had a couple of, sort of iffy results. They had that loss to Bournemouth at the weekend, didn't they? Which, um, given they beat Liverpool a couple of... What is, it was only a couple of weeks ago they beat Liverpool in the league, wasn't it? And now they've had that loss to Bournemouth. They've lost this game here. Whatever momentum Lopetegui had with them at the start, it's sort of fading away a little bit, isn't it? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest on that. I've not really followed Wolves much. Um, but... The last time I heard of Wolves was them not signing a striker. Mm. Is it is it is it a case with Wolves that they buy a striker and all of a sudden it starts clicking, or is it a bit more uh, terminal than that and they need quite a bit of a overhaul elsewhere? I'll I'll be honest, I have no idea what the answer is to that question. I haven't, I haven't watched enough of them, um, but it seems to be at the time that they just need a striker and they'll be fine. Yeah, I, I, I'm like you. I, because it's such a... Um, it's like, oh, Wolves have signed another Portuguese player. And you just sort of... I don't really pay attention to their transfer business because all you sort yeah. of see is Wolves have signed another Portuguese player. Um, so I don't... Yeah, like you say, I, I don't really know the answer to that question. I do really like Ruben Neves. I think he's a very, very good player. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be disappointed if, if we signed him. But yeah, like you say, I could, I couldn't tell you if Wolves are any good or not. They've got lots of players I've heard of, but I don't know if they're good. If you see what I mean. Yeah, I think the the challenge is in a way you, you talk about Neves, but you know, he's been around for a few years in that Wolves squad now, mm. hasn't he? And and it, Wolves are a team that I always just feel like I've got the same squad every year. I know yeah. it sounds really dumb, but like you know, how Adam Traore is still stealing a living because. All these is pure speed and no, like, end product. Um, Have you signed him on Football Manager? Is this where this frustration is coming from? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> he, he was rumoured for either Tottenham or Chelsea, whether, whether it was in the summer or January last year, because you know, in in that wing back role because mm. of his his strength and speed. But his stats obviously aren't aren't very good in general, and it's always that thing of. You know the meme of him getting greased up to come onto the pitch so people can't grab onto him or whatever. It's just mm. stupid. Um, but you just you look at that water squad and you just go, nothing seems to have changed. It doesn't look like there's any new energy. And, and never as a good player, don't get me wrong. But again, it feels like I want, I'm going to need to fact check this. Feels like he's been there a long time. You got people like Moutinho still. Is he still in that squad? He is. I'm sure Ruben Neves was in the Championship with Wolves. I'm pretty sure. He was. Yeah, he was. Uh, If I remember, that was the big. That was the big thing at the time, wasn't Mm. it? They got both of those in, but you know, it it feels like they need a bit of fresh, fresh blood in that squad to really boost them forward. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right. So let's move over to Europe, land for the games that happened this weekend. We'll start with uh, a game that took place yesterday. We record this on Friday. Uh, the Copa del Rey semi-final first leg: Real Madrid nil, Barcelona one, um, and Eder Militao own goal. Did anyone see this at all? I watched it. It was quite 
low on quality but high on spikiness without getting sort of to the stage of Barcelona Classicos 2011 which really did sort of boil over it, it sort of niggled a little bit it was you know it was okay to watch while Levine was on I saw I saw the highlights yeah of it, and what's happened to a Classico like it, yeah to, to your point it, it didn't seem like a very good game apart from the you know the tetchiness which is which is always going to be there but Look and, at how good sort of Real Madrid and Barcelona have been. Yeah. It just, you would have expected a better game. And even the Tetchiness didn't quite spill over, did it? No, you know, you want proper handbags when these two teams get together, don't you? You want, you know, it really to boil over big time. But <laughs> yeah, we weren't quite it, there. It didn't. <laughs> so, yeah. We're not there, unfortunately. Uh, so this weekend in uh, La Liga, um, okay, so... Barcelona on top on 59 points. They are seven ahead of Real Madrid. Um, then it's Real Sociedad on 43 and Atleti on 42. So games this weekend. Um, Real Madrid are away to Betis, who are, on, uh, who are in fifth place. So that'll be a tough one. Uh, Barcelona home to Valencia. Real Sociedad play Cadiz. And then it's Atleti versus Sevilla um, on Sunday in Italy. Napoli are top on 65 points. 18 ahead of Inter. Um on 47 as our AC Milan uh, then Lazio 45 so this weekend I think playing Friday night is Napoli versus Lazio Inter versus Lecce Fiorentina Milan um, and then in fifth place just a point behind Lazio is Roma they play uh, at home to Juventus on Sunday who are I think they're running quite high after their points deduction uh, in Germany Bayern are top of 46 on goal difference ahead of Dortmund uh, then it's Union on 43 RB Leipzig 43 uh, 42, sorry. It's Dortmund versus Leipzig, which is taking place right now, uh, which I would watch, but Ross would get upset. Uh, Stuttgart versus Bayern, then Union versus Köln. Uh, in France, PSG are top on 60 points, eight ahead of Marseille after uh, Le Classique uh, last week when PSG won 3-0. Uh, Monaco are then on 50 points, so it's Renvi Marseille, PSG v not, and Troyes versus Monaco. Elsewhere in the world this weekend, um, it is the derby of eternal enemies in Serbia as Red Star played Partizan. Um... In Australia, it's the Big Blue as Sydney FC play Melbourne. Uh, I've no idea if this is a derby or not, but it sounds fun. In Botswana, it's the Extension Gunners versus Security Systems. I look through these scores, every these fixtures every weekend for places around the world, and I've no idea if half of these are derbies or not, but there's so many fantastically named football teams in Africa. It is well worth a, a Google. Um, there's loads of them, and they're just so much fun to read through. Uh, and finally, it could happen. Um, East five versus four four. So, what could the score be here, guys? Is it East five five four five four. That's the one. Don't think we've ever had it though. I'm sure they've been a couple of seasons ago they come really close they did yeah they got very close to it because I remember people on Twitter getting very excited by it yeah. <laughs> it could happen <laughs> uh, in Newcastle so news in Newcastle uh, Chairman Yasser Al-Ramayan uh, has been named in the United States court this week as quote unquote a sitting member of this government um, with sovereign immunity uh, in a court case with regards to the PGA Golf Tour versus Live Golf which of course I think is the Saudi Arabian Golf Tour isn't it um, so I think when Newcastle were bought by the owners, uh, the, the Saudi owners, I think assurances were made that PIF were not involved at all with the Saudi government, despite the fact that Mohammed bin Salman sits on the board of PIF. I don't know how that one works, but um, looks a little more murkier than uh, originally um, originally thought at the, at the time of purchasing. So watch that one rumble on uh, Manchester City ladies will wear a kit inspired by um, suffragette Emmeline Pankhurst the men's team will wear um, the same kit in the warm-up and walk-out this weekend um, I'm sure uh, if you did fancy it you could google women's rights in the uh, um, where the owners come from 
Um, oh, Ryan, you were talking about uh, Argentinian steakhouse earlier on, weren't you? A gunman have attacked a supermarket owned by uh, Lionel Messi's parents-in-law, his wife's his wife's parents, uh, in Rosario. Two men on motorbikes fired uh, approximately a dozen shots into the shop. Nobody was injured, uh, and they left a message: "Quote unquote, Messi, we are waiting for you." Bloody hell! And Ronaldo's the... really doing. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's what it is? Jesus Christ! <laughs> Uh, and finally, Ivan Tony's admitted to multiple charges after being uh, charged with 262 uh, charges related to sort of betting breaches um, by the Football Association. Uh, they stretch from his days when he's on loan at Scunthorpe, which is, uh, Nathan, as you know, is one of only two football league clubs with um, a swear word in their name, uh, through to his time at Brentford. Um, this is very difficult, isn't it? Because, yes, he knows it's wrong, but at the same time, you can't go to a Premier League game or watch a Premier League football match without betting being thrust in your face like someone watching a stripper jerking their crotch backwards and forwards, I imagine. Um, it is really, really hard to do, isn't it, to, to avoid it? Both of them, I imagine. It, it, it's a really messy situation in general. For, for, because, so, I, I don't know if you saw it, Ivan Tony put out like a statement on Instagram mm. yesterday, maybe. Because you know the, the, there are heavy rumours. Oh, sorry, I just interrupted. What, what did the statement say? Sorry, just for anyone oh, that's not heard. I can't fully remember. Okay. Um, <laughs> he, he was basically accu- he was sort of accusing the FA of leaking oh, yes, information about the the case mm. because he's been he's saying as far as he's concerned everything should be confidential. But the, the, there are heavy rumours off the back of everything that they're already planning a six month ban. Off, off, of, obviously. He's sort of saying, well, how can these rumours about a six-month ban be in place when you haven't even had the the full investigation or the court case or, or whatever it is, the, the uh, tribunal or mm. whatever it is that he has to go to? You know, he's admitted the charges and everything like that, but again, he, he's under the impression that it's currently all supposed to be confidential um, <clears throat> in terms of what's being reported. So it's a very murky situation from that point of view. And I actually had a stat, Chris. Mm-hmm. You know, you're the one normally with with stats, um, but I actually had one somewhere. Hopefully, yesterday. Ah, here we go. There was um, my wife did my wife did some training the other day, and uh, they apparently said, on average, during an episode of Match of the Day, betting sites are sh- are can, could be seen on the screen on average 240 times during Match of the Day. During a during a Match of the Day, betting in some capacity can be seen on the screen. On average, but they're they're highlights of games. Yeah, but if you think about the shirt sponsors. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. Sorry. Go on. Say that again, so I can get my. <laughs> I understand what you mean. I thought you could make. I thought bets were made an average of two hundred and four no, no, times. No, sorry. sorry. No, no. Go so on. Say it again, sir. Betting, betting is mentioned or, or like on screen. Yeah. Two hundred and forty times on average during an episode of Match of the Day. Wow. Because of either on the shirts, uh, advertising hoardings. Um, and anything like that. So, I mean, you know, obviously, ultimately, if you're thinking who's got a uh, better Everton, they've got thing on their shirt, right? Mm-hmm. Stay, like gambling thing. So obviously, if you've got highlights for that game, you're going to see it quite a lot. Mm. But, but you know, it, it's very prevalent, and I, I, I doubt that's going to be his argument. And go, well, you profit off it, so why can't <laughs> I? Um, but you know, it, it is a it is a it is a, a big dilemma of. You say all these players can't do it, but then the clubs are paid to promote it. 
Yes. And, you know, you get adverts during the game for Bet365 and everything. It's all... Ray Winston's head uh, pops up. You know, in play now. Uh, Fabinho's get sent off. Or something <laughs> It's... You bitch. It's a very weird scenario. It's a very, it's a very weird scenario. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, right. We'll talk about the Premier League games this weekend then. So, um... 12.30 on Saturday is Manchester City versus Newcastle in the Antoine Sibieski derby. Uh, tough week for Newcastle, both with these allegations and the fact they lost this cup final um, at the weekend. But it was it was very much hyped as Newcastle haven't won a trophy since 1969 and this is the first final under these new owners. So to lose that game was quite a kick in the teeth of them. So it'll be interesting to see how they respond. Um, John Stones and Americ Laporte possibly back. Uh, Grimresh and uh, not A.D. Pope, that's somebody I went to school with. Nick Pope are back. Um, with Grimresh, uh, Newcastle are unbeaten in 17 games with him. They are winless in six without him, so he's obviously very important. Um, City have kept just four clean sheets in 12 Premier League games this season at home. Um, but Newcastle, in their last four games, they've got zero wins and back-to-back losses. So, they're in a bad run of form as it is, plus they're sort of quite exposed to the limelight again, and they had that big cup loss. Um, they really need to bounce back, don't they, Nathan? And it's going to be quite a test of this team's character to see how they do that at a team like Manchester City. Yeah. Um, Newcastle definitely need a win to get back on track. Um, I don't see it happening against Man City because I think Man City... Uh, Firmly in the uh, in the groove now, and it's this time of year where Man City show why they've been champions so many times. Mm. I think in a boxing match you'd call it the championship rounds, and this is where City just excel. They just find that extra five ten percent and go on these mad crazy runs of like twelve thirteen games unbeaten to the end of the season. Um, so to be honest with you, I don't. I can't, it couldn't be a worse time for Newcastle to play Man City. But having said that, and in previous weeks we've said this about quite a few teams, Arsenal included, is it not set up for a Newcastle win, given that everything's stacked against them? Yeah. Um, Ryan, Newcastle are in fifth place now. They are four points behind Spurs in the Champions League spot, but they have got two games in hand. Um, yeah, this is a crucial time for them, isn't it? It is. I can't look past Man City to, to win. Uh, I think it's going to be difficult for Newcastle to keep the momentum up. Uh, I think almost the stuffings, in a way, been knocked out of them, uh, especially over the past few weeks. You know, you said about the form, and it's. And I think Gamera's coming back is going to be a huge benefit for them. It's almost like this game's come at the wrong time because City will just continue to. Um, to Nathan's point, sort of keeping the groove. I can see it being like three-one or something to City. No one can see a draw. I think almost City. In a way, City are almost too good to draw. I know that sounds really dumb, but I think they'll just have too much for Newcastle. I think once they get a couple of goals, I think it'll be it'll be difficult for Newcastle to come back and get a draw. Okay. Yeah. Um, three o'clock games: Arsenal versus Bournemouth, uh, Jack Wilshere derby. Arsenal got sixty points after twenty-five Premier League games. Um, now, I don't know if this is Arsenal-specific or not, Nathan, but apparently this is the second-highest um, points accrual after 25 games since the Invincibles team. So I don't know if that's just Arsenal, whether that's everybody. Um, Bournemouth have conceded 32 goals away. That's uh, the most of anybody in the league. This is as close to a gimme as you're going to get, isn't it? 
yeah, it's a game like this that really scare me because there's <laughs> absolutely no excuse to lose in a game like this, to be honest with you. So that's why it genuinely worries me when we go into games like this. But yeah, like you say, there's, it's as close to a, a three o'clock accumulator nailed on. <laughs> that's the one you go for every time. Um, yeah, I just think we're, we're rolling. Bournemouth are rolling the way back to the championship. It's, it's a nice one win 3-0 so if it's 0-0 after 60 minutes you still think you're going to be a quivering mess the telly, off, <laughs> the telly goes off the phone goes off any thoughts on social media and so what we see the next week are firmly put to bed Ryan make him feel better um, yeah if I was an Arsenal I'd say nothing can go wrong now right? <laughs> um, well you're not an Arsenal fan so you can say it anyway oh, of course yeah um, no I mean Bournemouth is they're terrible, so you know I can't. I, just, I can't see anything else. <laughs> Fair Aston Villa versus Crystal Palace, three o'clock, and then Miley Jednak derby. No Philip Coutinho, but Wilfred Zaha, who's been a big loss for Palace, um, he could possibly be back. Uh, Aston Villa scored in all eleven games they played under Unai Emery. Um, Palace are winless in 2023. They've drawn five and lost three, um, and they've not won a game north of London since the 5th of March last year. So it would be give a day. It would be an entire year. They've not won a game north of London. Um, if Zaha, is Zaha going to be the the difference in this one, Ryan? If he's back, do they obviously stand more of a chance? Um, or is is Villa going to win anyway? I don't know. For, for me, it, it's got the feeling. I could be wrong here. It's got the feeling of a bit of a bore draw. Mm. I don't know why. Is this um, the last time match of the day? Is it? <laughs> no, I think that might be the Chelsea game. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that could be first for entirely different reasons. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I don't know. I'd... I think. With Zaha being back, I think Palace will have a bit more of a threat. So, mm. so I can almost see it being like a one-all. I mean, people like Ollie Watkins are in really good form, right? I think he scored last few games. Mm. Him, yeah. if I remember. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That's just the, the, my immediate thought was a bit of a bore draw, but maybe a one-one. Um, Nathan, Crystal Palace, uh, given that terrible run of form I've just read out, they're in 12th place. Uh, if they win this game, they go a point behind Villa. So... I keep hearing how you this is this pains me to say this that Patrick Vieira is doing a good job at Crystal Palace mm. however I don't really think they've moved on that much if at all okay like Crystal, Crystal Palace win a game and everyone's like oh Crystal Palace is a good team and then you don't hear about them for another three months and then they'll win a <laughs> game and it's like and Crystal Palace is a good team like, well, on the day yeah to be fair yeah I, I quite enjoy watching Crystal Palace when they play it well but that's very few and far between yeah. Um, but yeah, and as for Aston Villa, just for me, this fixture all depends on which Aston Villa turn up. If mm. Aston Villa turn up and, and, and play as well as they can, I can see them winning, no problem. If they turn up and decide to start doing some crazy stuff like own goals and mad tackles, then it could be anything. Okay, uh, three o'clock. Brighton versus West Ham. The Bobby Zamora derby. This is my last match of the day run. Um, Brighton's last eleven against West Ham. They've won five, drawn six. Uh, they won five out of their eleven matches at home this season in the Premier League. And West Ham's last ten games away, they've drawn three, lost seven. Um, Brighton are currently uh, eighth place, thirty-five points, four behind Fulham, uh, who are in the Conference or Europa League places. Um, West Ham are in 16th place. They are two above 
Everton in the last relegation zone place. So um, both these teams really do need the wins, don't they? Yeah, for very different reasons. So I wouldn't necessarily say Brighton necessarily need the win uh, as much as West Ham do. Um, I guess they want to keep the momentum up anyway and, and, and keep pressing as high as they can. I think every, with everything with everything that's happened with Brighton this season, I think they'd easily take it an eighth in the table. Um, you know, losing a manager, losing one of your players, quote unquote better players, even though it's been dreadful <laughs> since. Um, you know, I think I'm sure they'd take an eighth place in the table. I, I see a Brighton win here. I just West Ham. I don't see as improving enough um, to, to sort of beat Brighton. Brighton are very good on their day. They can also be a bit. Um, <clears throat> they, they can't. They struggle a bit. They can struggle a little bit. But yeah, I, I see a Brighton win here. Um, I don't think they necessarily need it, but I think that's what they'll get. Yeah, yeah. Nathan, they had most of the possession and shots last week against um, Fulham, didn't they? But they still ended up losing the game, didn't they? Yes, yeah, um, which was surprising really. But again, that's that's going to discredit Fulham, who have been phenomenal out of nowhere this season. Um, but in terms of this game, I think I think the way in which West Ham lost midweek that will sting, that will hurt, that will still be playing on the mind. Um, and I think Brighton have got enough. And I'm also a very big fan of Evan Ferguson. Mm. Where, you know, where does this kid come from? Like, he, he was brilliant against Arsenal and he's he's carried on being brilliant. I think it's just really nice to see a young talent emerge from absolutely nowhere. Well, to be fair, we were saying the same things about Aaron Connolly three years ago, weren't we? True, <clears throat> true. He's got a long way to go, but from from you know from the bits that we've seen so far, very exciting prospect. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, Ryan, three o'clock. The Vinnie Jones derby, Chelsea versus Leeds. Uh, no Thiago Silva. Chelsea's last 15 in the Premier League, they've won two, drawn six, lost seven. And they've lost their last three in all competitions, scoring zero goals. And they've only won once in 2023. Your shining light uh, from the lighthouse as you approach this sort of rocks of doom is that Leeds have only got six points away all season. Uh, if that's the case, then Charity FC... <laughs> into town. Um, you know, Southampton needed a win. We gave it. We, we, we are nice like that. Um, I, I genuinely don't know what to think. We've been so terrible. Um, and uh, it, in a way, a lot of the games we have been rescued by Thiago Silva. So the fact that we're going to be missing him it is going to be difficult. We, we've got more than enough players to cover. So I don't think that's, you know, it's certainly not fair for us to, to say that we're going to miss him you... too much. But. Are you, are you hashtag pot it in or pot it out? <clears throat> uh, Spurs was Spurs was a very difficult watch. Um, uh, it's one of those things where like everyone in the the media promoting Chelsea at the moment are talking about how the players actually like Potter. They've, a lot of few of the players have come out and said he is the right manager for us, but nothing happens on the pitch, and that that's the thing that hurts the most if we were playing decent football and we were a bit unlucky because we haven't got a proper striker or you know well, we're not in that right we just don't take our chances you can sort of just about excuse it but we just we just don't look like we know what we're doing on the ball and the big thing about Potter is that he's got that tactical in theory, that tactical mind and flexibility you just don't see any patterns of play you don't see any 
real desire to get forward from from some of the players. When I mean, you've got someone like Jao Felix, who's only on loan, probably being your best player in most games, that is a concern. Um, so I, I'm saying Potter in because I do I do genuinely hope it works out for him, and we do want a long-term manager. It's not something we've ever we've had in a long time, so I do hope it works out. But I am starting to get closer and closer to, to changing my hashtag. <laughs> I guess Ranieri was probably your previous long-serving manager, wasn't he? And that was turn of the century, so that was quite a long time ago. Um, Nathan, for Graham Potter 2023, do we need to read Mikel Arteta 2021 um, at Arsenal? Do you want to give Ryan a big sort of arm around the shoulder and a big hug and tell him you can see where it will get better? Um, unfortunately, it smacks more of memory <laughs> than that. <than> What's it? <laughs> okay. Um, and it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing, but from what Ryan was just saying then, I just had flashbacks to Emery where you were watching Arsenal and you couldn't really see what the plan was. Mm. You couldn't really see a style, you couldn't really see, you know, what are we what are we trying to do in this game? Even if we lose, you know, what are we trying to do? Whereas when Arteta came in, you instantly saw exactly what he was trying to do. You, you could see the patterns, you could see his influence almost immediately and I think the other thing for Arteta was the FA Cup win was massive mm. for him, I, I genuinely think that bought him at least at least a year worth of time You're welcome uh, by the way yeah. yeah, thanks for that, yeah, it was really, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Was really, really helpful um, <laughs> Do you know what, it was funny uh, that, that year um, mm. I watched the <laughs> FA Cup semi-final uh, in Benidorm, I was on a stag do um, and I was horrendously, horrendously in a bad place um, due to the previous night's excursions. Um, and we, we beat City in, in the uh, in the semi-final. Um, and there was a Chelsea fan in this bar that I was watching the game on, and he came over to me after the game, and he was like, "Oh, well done, mate. We really wanted to play you in the final. Like, that's you know, we're really confident." And I was like, "All right, no, sure, no worries." God. Uh, I've never seen him since, unfortunately, which is really, really a massive shame because I'd love to see how he felt after that. But um, I, I really wanted to work for Graham Potter. Um, He's—I was thinking about this because I, I knew that it had come up on the pod, um, and the question in my mind was: is, is there a bit of a thing with English managers in the top jobs? We're all—we're all desperate for an English manager to 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 crack it, to, to go for it, you know, to go toe-to-toe with Guardiola and Klopp and, you know, back in the day with Mourinho and, and, and Wenger and what have you and Ferguson, but there just seems to be some sort of weird, like, the world is against an English manager doing well in a top job, and it's it's a bit of a worrying trend. Are we in the Sam Allardyce, if he was called Graham Potterino, he'd be respected <laughs> a bit more? Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Actually, I think he'd he'd be given more time, potentially. I, the realistic scenario is if if Abramovich was still in charge, I think he would have been he would have been gone already. Yeah. Um, and I think this is we're in that weird thing where I think the owners might have considered it, but they don't want to look foolish themselves. I mean, they've made some some weird decisions with certain transfers and everything. Um, you know, they committed big to Potter. With a four and a half year deal, not that, not that money's going to be the issue, right? If they need to pay him off, 
but it was that was their big master plan and he was the the final piece of the puzzle you know we brought a, quite a few Brighton people in we've been doing a lot behind the scenes with the recruitment teams and in all fairness January window whether Potter was the you know <clears throat> deciding that these players were the ones for him was was generally a very good window for the future of the club one mm. way or another um so I, I don't think that's a concern but they've, they've got to stick with him I think until the end of the season they've got to at least give him a pre-season to try and implement something you just hope that it can turn around for the next couple of months and actually I think for Chelsea I think a year out of Europe might actually be a benefit a lot of our players are potentially jaded I think it's similar to Liverpool in a way isn't it you know there was a lot of games last season I, I can't remember what the, the number was Chelsea and Liverpool oh, it was like 64 players, or something, but it was something ridiculous you know a lot, a lot of these players. You look at someone like Mount, who has, has had a lot of stick this season, and potentially rightfully so. But he's played a lot of football. Last season, played for obviously England at the World Cup as well, and he, you can think that maybe that's why he's had a drop off. Um, but yeah, I hope it works out far, and I hope we get the win this weekend. But I am, I am slightly nervous. Well, you don't want to win too matches. You might end up in the um, Europa or the um, Europa Legal Conference League. <laughs> oh, yeah. I certainly, I certainly don't want to be watching Thursday, Sunday football. <laughs> it's a tightrope, Ryan. It's a tightrope to it walk really on. Is. <laughs> Hopefully, last game of the season, we need a win. Just ah, don't worry, boys. <laughs> uh, actually, I'll play Havertz up front. <laughs> uh, Wolves versus Spurs, three o'clock. The Dean Richards derby. Spurs won four out of five. Wolves haven't won in three. Spurs uh, won this fixture one 0 in. August. Um, how do we stand on this one? Uh, draw. Yeah. Draw, but I'm very much leaning towards a Tottenham win. All right, right. Yeah, I'd say a Tottenham win. Okay. Uh, Southampton versus Leicester, half past five in the Mark Draper derby. James Madison is expected to return. That's a big boost for Leicester. Um, Southampton's last six at home. Uh, oh, sorry, they've lost their last six at home and they're winless in nine at home. Um, and they've got just six home points. Uh, that's the least of any team in the top four divisions. Uh, Leicester have won their last eight games versus teams bottom of the table. So you think James Madison's back against the Southampton team with home form that appalling. Um, it should be them. Your man at Southampton, Brian, he gave it the big enough to beat in Chelsea, didn't he? It's not worked out too well for him since. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Don't remind me of that. Game, <laughs> uh, so, how do you reckon this one's going to go then? Um, <laughs> Southampton going to lose, aren't they? I, I can't. But they had their one game that you know they got the win in, but they're, they're so bad. Yeah. I just, they, they've got to go down. I'm sorry. I'm not even sorry because they've just got to go down. Does this? Know. Does the result in midweek make Chelsea a worse team than Grimsby? Um, well, the stat was Grimsby have scored more teams against Premier League opposition since January the 5th than Chelsea have, <laughs> which I thought was a fantastic stat. <laughs> I, I saw that as a belter. Yeah. Same <laughs> like when Real Madrid, you know, Real Madrid has scored five goals, so five more times, five times more than Chelsea. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yeah, Southampton's terrible. Just, they should just end their season now, to be honest. Yeah. I don't want to riff on your pain, but I think Erling Haaland has scored more goals than Chelsea this season. In the Premier League. Oh, I think that's yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Sunday, two o'clock, Everton versus Nottingham Forest in the Paul Gerrard derby. Uh, this was a one-all draw in August. Everton lost their last two. Um, Forest have lost two out of three, uh, but they did get that home draw against 
Manchester City. Um, sorry, I did say Everton first, but it's Forest there at home against this Everton team. So a big, big game for both of these teams. Um, Forest are a different beast, aren't they, at home, Nathan, than, than they are away? Uh, yes, very much so. Um, a lot was said about the Forest fans in the promotion season last year, uh, and they have lived up to that. Um, it seems to be a fantastic place to play football. Mm. Um, and to be fair, you would when when you said when you initially said the fixture straight away, in my head just went draw. It's just got draw written all over it. But you know, with with the fans behind them, you can see Forest nicking it. Yeah, possibly. Ryan, if Everton, who are in 18th, win, uh, they go a point behind Forest, who are in 13th. Wow. Yeah, good deal. I didn't realise it was that close at the bottom. Mm. Um, I think Forest will win here. Um, I think you might be right. I, I, think, I think the atmosphere will be... Too, I think, the, especially at the moment, I think a lot of these Everton players are probably going to have a bit of... You know, be a bit fragile. Um, and I think, actually, the, the atmosphere... City ground will be will be too much for them to handle. Yeah. No. What, what, what the only hope, the only lifeline I can throw at Everton is Dyche will have been fuming after that midweek game with some of the some of the defending that he saw. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's not drilled them to within an inch of their life this week. But he's not had too much time to do it. When was the, when was that game Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah. So he's I guess he's had a couple of days with him on the training ground. Um, yeah. So maybe. I imagine half a day with him in a bad mood is probably. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, half past four, Liverpool versus Manchester United in the Paul Incy Wincy Spider Derby. Um, Mo Salah has got nine goals in five appearances versus Manchester United. Um, Liverpool have won three out of four at home and have got clean sheets in their last four Premier League games. Um, Manchester United's last 11 in the Premier League, they've lost one, won eight, drawn two, and have got 23 points since the uh, return of the Premier League after the World Cup, which is most of anybody. And of course, Marcus Rashford's in amazing form. He scored 10 out of 10. Um, I've got a stinky feeling that the Liverpool mini-revival is going to fall flat on its face here. Wouldn't it be great, though, if it didn't? <laughs> Do you know what? You, you're about to be kicked off this call until you uh, added that extra symbol at the end there. No, can, I mean, can you imagine the amount of Man United that Man United fans' heads that are just going to fall off if Liverpool beat them? <laughs> they, their fan base will absolutely applaud on itself, and it'll be just hilarious to watch. Well, but oh well, no, but <laughs> oh dear. I can't see it, unfortunately, I wish I could give you a bit of hope, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, make me feel better. Uh, well, according to oh, what did I say it? According to Neville. Um, he, he actually thinks that Man United will have to produce their best to beat you. Oh, Man United will need something really special to beat Liverpool, apparently. I mean, that's not a ridiculous despite, thing to say. Despite just winning a cup and winning several games on the bounce, whereas Liverpool's form isn't isn't great. Uh, but do you think a game like this is one? Of, is this one of these form goes out the window games? Potentially, yeah. Um, it's one of those things, but I think United have been so good recently, annoyingly so, um, that I think they probably will have too much hmm. for, for Liverpool. I mean, it depends. You know, I think Liverpool have been shaky defensively this season, and I th- you know, Man United have got a lot more firepower than they have. You know, 
recently enough. Um, and I think actually that that will be a struggle because people like Rashford might end up ringing round, running rings around people like Trent. Yeah, which uh, isn't that hard to do. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, okay, right, Monday. There's a game on Monday night. Um, 8 o'clock, Brentford versus Fulham in the Terry Herlock derby. Uh, Fulham won um, this game 3-2 in August. Uh, Brentford, their last five games, they've drawn 3-1-2. Fulham's last five, they've won two, drawn two, lost one. So both very sort of similar forms. This is a West London derby. Um, so again, is it another form goes out the window game? Uh, but this could be quite an attractive game of football to play, couldn't it, Nathan? Uh, yeah, very much so. Two two teams that have been a joy to watch this season. Um, I feel like it's one of them where I want to say it could be a high-scoring draw, but at the same time, they are in that similar form. Could they just cancel each other out? Could it could it genuinely just be that they're that similar that they, they it becomes a nil-nil draw where neither of them can get the better of the other? because the ball's so evenly matched. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, Fulham are in 7th place, 39 points. Brentford ninth on 35. Uh, yeah. But they've got two games in hand. Um, Fulham, I'm afraid, Ryan, are the kings of West London at the moment. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think this... Le- le- genuinely, this low-key has, I think, has the opportunity to be game of the weekend, actually, because I think they'll both go... Absolutely, just, they'll just go both for it. Do like you? crazy. I think it'll be a really good game of football. Oh, okay. Well, we can uh, look forward to that one then to round off the weekend. Um, any other business from anybody at all? Um, I mean, I feel if, I feel like if Jesse was here, we'd have to open up. We'd have to open up the um, criminal corner again. There's been big rumours that Hakimi's being charged. Yes, lots of allegedly's there, but yeah, there's um, some <laughs> stuff about him in the in the news this week. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, sexual assault corner would have been back if. Um, I you know, I get very depressed about writing sexual assault corner. I have to say, uh, so I sort of I, I did see it this week, but I decided to to give it a miss. Just give it's us a week off. It's not a segment you want to make regular. Let's, <laughs> no. let's, yeah, it's not. That and racism corner are both been very sort of prevalent, unfortunately, uh, this season. So um, yeah, it's nice to have a week off from that sort of thing. Brian, any of the business? No, I don't think so. No. No. Okay. Excellent. Right. So we're man on the post, part of the man on the post network. So um, right, uh, not Ryan, you're Ryan, aren't you? Um, Dave and Ali, if he's free. Uh, Simon and Carl, we'll be back on Monday to review the games that we've previewed here. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Man of the Post. You can find us on Facebook as well and give us a like on there. If you like what you hear, you can um, uh, subscribe to us on Stitcher and Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Acast. You can give us a follow and all your future episodes will fall automatically into your inbox. Uh, if you like what you hear, you can also give us a review. Any reviews uh, that are good reviews, apart from the one that called us an abortion of a podcast that time, uh, any good reviews that help push us up the uh, iTunes charts and make it more visible for other listeners as well. So you're doing a bit of altruistic um, plugging for us. Uh, Ryan, if they want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? Uh, I'm at the Ryan Goodman. Nathan, if they want to follow you, how do they do that? I am at FMCM underscore FC. Marvellous. Right, guys, thank you ever so much. Thank you. Thank you. And always remember to keep your man on the post. Mm-hmm.